At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. To the end zone. For the win. It's This is VEASAN's Pro Football Betting Podcast. Here's your host, Danny Burke. All righty, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to it. Another episode of Vsense Pro Football Betting Podcast. Tonight, we are previewing Monday Night Football. Brady Cannon and I, you know Brady, Vsense host, former Super Contest champion at Las Vegas Golfer, where you could follow him on the tweets. And of course, I'm Danny Burke at Danny Burke 5 on Twitter. I say tonight because Brady and I, when we're previewing these games, we do it right after all the shenanigans go through on Sunday. So Sunday night, Brady and I are getting you covered here. And as we look at this Monday night game between these NFC West foes, you've got the Rams on the road against the 49ers. San Francisco, Brady, now laying, looks consensus to be about a point and a half. Totals come all the way down. I've seen it as high as like 48, 48 and a half at the very early openers. But now we see it down to 42 and a half. Uh, Before we get into kind of the intricacies with this game, I guess I just want to, you know, Ask where you probably would have had this game before the season started and if it should have changed as much as it did in a lot of other spots based on what you've seen now. Yeah, you know, one thing is hard about that is the fact that, you know, prior to the season beginning or what have you, you know, we were expecting Trey Lance uh, would be the quarterback. I'm just looking here at my uh, Westgate uh, Las Vegas. Uh, They opened it up over the summer at 49ers minus one and a half. So uh, the total was 49. Like you said, the totals come crashing down a lot of uh, uh, quite a bit. But, um, you know, I, I think 
what we have seen as far as change and from our expectations in the offseason uh, is kind of similar for both teams. I think a lot of people expected the Rams to be better. Uh, obviously, we expected Trey Lance to be the quarterback uh, for the 49ers. And I don't, you know, Jimmy might be even an upgrade as far as the point spread is concerned. But who knows if Trey Lance was healthy, you know, where his progress would be now through three weeks. But, um, you know, so, I, I mean, I, I think our... I, I mean, obviously, very rarely do we have a preseason expectation and then it comes to fruition exactly the way we thought three or four weeks later. And obviously, there's been a ton of change in the 49er program with the change at quarterback, a new playbook now, the, the old Jimmy G playbook, if you will, and you throw the one for Trey Lance out. And and like I said, I think the Rams have been really shaky. Um, you know, they ran into uh, an incredible Buffalo Bills team and effort in open night, but uh, they they let the Falcons back in the game in, in week two. I don't think they were all that impressive against what looks to be a pretty average or below average Cardinals team. So I, I think there's been a lot of change in, in what we've seen out of these teams from what we expected in the offseason. Yeah, without a doubt, Brady. And I think the big thing that you mentioned in a lot of people's eyes when Jimmy Garoppolo came in and we knew Trey Lance had the severe injury and he's going to be out for the year, a lot of people view that as an upgrade. And be that as it may, no, it didn't look great against Denver, but San Francisco certainly had their chances. And, you know, now Jimmy G's kind of got that rust out of the way. And you may be thinking, well, what do you mean rust? He's been the starter for quite some time. Well, he's coming off the surgery and Brady, he went into camp knowing he wasn't going to be the guy. The 49ers didn't really give him a chance coming into the season. So you still got to get over those humps. We've seen other quarterbacks like Joe Burrows, the biggest example, didn't play in preseason and it's taken the Bengals a while to finally develop a rhythm. The same could potentially be attributed when we look back at it for Jimmy Garoppolo. And I think that's kind of what you're seeing reflected here in the market. I would say that and then just the fact, the trend that everybody's going to throw out, Brady, and you know this because you're a 49ers fan, just the sheer dominance that Shanahan has had over Sean McVay in the regular season. Not in the postseason per se because Rams got the best of them this past year, but 7-3 and three straight up in the regular season, Shanahan has the advantage over McVay. Do you still factor that in here or do you kind of have to put that aside because of I don't know, I guess how different the teams may look. They're not that different, but you know what I mean, just on a week-to-week, year-to-year basis. No, I, I still factor it in because I think Kyle just, you know, has a game plan that works against this defense that Sean McVay uh, runs. And, you know, it, it may even work better uh, for the 49ers this time around. Now their offensive line is a little banged up. They, you know, Trent Williams is not there. Uh, of course, they're all pro left tackle. So that maybe changes the running game just a little bit for what was successful uh, in the past for Shanahan and attacking this Rams defense. But the, the one change that I think is certainly in the 49ers advantage to keep that trend going is the changeover on the offensive line for the Rams going up yeah. against this 49er defense that Danny, I, I tell you this, this Niner defense, I don't know if they're the best in the NFL, but they're, they're awful close. In my opinion, uh, they almost won that game by themselves against the Denver Broncos on Sunday night. 
Um, they just really get after the quarterback. I think their secondary is incredibly improved. Chevarius Ward coming over in free agency. He's really been a boost for that defensive secondary. We know about their linebackers, Fred Warner. So uh, they're just a, really a machine on defense. The Buffalo Bills look awful good on defense. Philadelphia, I, I don't know if they're the best defense, but they're certainly getting it done. Tampa Bay it has been a great defense, but they, they just, you know, got housed by Patrick Mahomes yeah. and the Chiefs on their home field tonight. So, you know, th those are a few teams we can throw out there as far as very good teams defensively, but I think the Niners are right there. Yeah, Brady, they are number one in the NFL, uh, allowing opponents just 3.9 yards per play. This defense looking as great as ever. And I know you don't look necessarily until after the quarter for the first quarter of the season in terms of the other metrics like DVOA and stuff. But of course, San Francisco at the top of the charts, both in the passing and especially in the ground game. So th that's kind of the difference here too, Brady, naturally, is, hey, if you don't maybe put as much stock in Jimmy Garoppolo, what you should be able to trust is a San Francisco defense. And offensively for the Rams, Brady, it it's really been a slow effort from them to begin this year. Again, they've, they've gotten the wins that they needed to aside from against the Bills. It hasn't been pretty. It seems like Stafford is really just only reliant on Cooper Cup. And hard to blame him, but I mean, you bring over Allen Robinson and the guy just hasn't been a factor whatsoever. And now you're going against that coach that knows how to scheme well enough against you I, I just struggle to find confidence in or at least in putting confidence in this Rams offense and that's still why I would give San Francisco the edge here Brady I very much agree with you Danny I think the public perception is that you know the Rams are on top of the division they're two and one they're the defending Super Bowl champion and San Francisco especially after their last effort and then you look at week one when they lost to the Chicago Bears as well I think that again the public perception is that this Niners team is not very good I, I still think they're better than the Rams I, I, I have not been impressed with the Rams at all this season I, I, I was kind of lukewarm on them in the in the offseason. I, I thought they'd be decent. Uh, I know a, a, a mutual friend, Lou Finicaro, he bet under their season win total and also went under their alternate season win total, which I think was nine and a half. So he was definitely down on the Rams. And he kind of tipped me on that a little bit. I, I kind of had those feelings myself, but, you know, he certainly reinforced it. And, and I think the proof is, you know, shown out here in, in how we went over these games that they've played so far. Again, week one, I think you can throw out. We know how good Buffalo is, but otherwise the Rams have not really impressed me at all. And the 49ers defense, as I mentioned, I think is extremely impressive. And you talked about it. No, Jimmy Garoppolo didn't have any preseason. He didn't have any hardly training camp. He had the surgery. Um, he's a veteran, and you wouldn't expect him to make some of the mistakes he did last week in Denver. But now he's had a full other week or additional week of practice under his belt. Um, they played a very good game. If you recall, the 49ers, they lost to the Bears. They come home, and they played a really clean game against the Seattle Seahawks. They didn't. The Seattle Seahawks did not even score an offensive touchdown in this game, and <laughs> we saw how they like to score offensive touchdowns a little earlier today. So that was another outstanding effort by their defense. And, and then they go and they, they lay an egg with Denver. And you mentioned it. They had plenty of opportunities to still win that game. I think this is a perfect get right spot for them against a very familiar opponent. And, and we saw that with the Las Vegas Raiders today getting their first win. They've had tremendous success yeah. against the Denver Broncos, just like the 49ers have against the Los Angeles Rams. So 
The Raiders were desperate looking for their first win. The 49ers are desperate to get back to 500 and, and get this machine rolling and finding a rhythm and maybe no better opponent than the Los Angeles Rams, who they're incredibly familiar with and have had great success with in the past. All right, that's music to my ears, Brady, because I've been waiting to get your thoughts on this game before I officially went in the full direction of San Francisco. Have you made a bet in this game, or are you looking forward to seeing where the line goes and then maybe pulling the trigger? Because at least out by me in Illinois, the best money line price I see is about minus a buck twenty-two on San Francisco, and I'll, I'll probably end up pulling the trigger on that. Yeah, you know, I I, uh, I said earlier today I expected San Francisco to win by somewhere between six and ten points. I think they'll win pretty handily, um, and and I haven't made a bet yet. But you know, as I went through today, and and I've been I've tried to be a little bit more selective about my bets this season, and it's been very successful. Um, do do I want to add another one and and possibly lose it? I, I don't know. I do feel very confident about the San Francisco side, and and I may uh, end up pulling the trigger. I, I think one and a half is is a little bit cheap. I, I could probably see this line a little being a little closer to to like a three point line. Uh, so I, I do believe one and a half is is a little bit cheap earlier in the week when I was you know handicapping the entire card I thought and you remember earlier in the week when the Rams were plus two and a half yeah. uh, a great teaser number and I said you know that let's find a partner to to tease with the Rams and I said you know what I wouldn't be surprised if San Francisco wins this game by double digits, eight and a half, seven and a half, whatever you tease it up to. It might not be enough in the case of the Rams. Uh, I, I Again, I think this is kind of a, a perfect spot for San Francisco to get right. That's what we like to hear. All right. You can count me in for San Francisco. <laughs> I'll be pulling the trigger on their money line, Brady, just so we make it official out there. Minus a buck 22. Again, best number in Illinois out by me. So uh, I'll be writing that. Uh, as for the total, Brady, uh, I mean, these primetime games, we've seen a lot of unders, albeit, you know, Sunday night with Kansas City and Tampa kind of killed that narrative for the time being. But this seems like it would set up to be an under type of game uh, based on what San Francisco typically does and will like to do against the Rams, which is just ground and pounder. I mean, they're just going to attack, attack, attack with the running game. And, you know, we saw that happen a couple of times last year and the Rams really just had no answer. And, you know, the Rams can try to establish that run game as much as they want. But again, San Francisco, one of the best run defenses. And also we see them abandon it so early on Brady. If Cam Akers makes one simple mistake and he fumbles last week McVeigh we've seen lose trust in him or McVeigh just wants to go all right screw that you know we like the pass we're just gonna just abort the run game and just continue to pass the ball continuously so I just feel like this could be a slower trending game as San Francisco defense can limit the Rams enough and then when San Fran controls the time of possession well they're going to be running the clock down because that's going to be their offensive philosophy yeah, and, you know, that's always been the philosophy with Jimmy G as the starter. They typically don't ask him to do too much. They're not throwing a ton of deep balls, a lot of safe throws to George Kittle and whatnot. Um, no, I would be leaning under the total as well. And obviously we missed some of the best numbers, but I still would probably lean under 42 and a half. I see this as like a 20... 
I could see this possibly like 24 to 10, 24 to 13, maybe 24 to 17 in favor of San Francisco uh, for all the reasons that you point out, the, the way they want to treat this game, the way their defense plays and and the way the Rams really don't have a running game at all. And I mean, they're almost already one dimensional before this game starts. So if you can give a team an advantage uh, of just basically focusing on a guy like you said earlier, Cooper Cup, if they shut him down, I think it's going to be difficult for the Rams. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Well, hey, let me ask you this. I mean, because this is obviously going to factor into how you handicap your contest this upcoming week. What were some of your biggest takeaways from NFL Week 4? You know, Jeff Parles, Ben Wilson, and I were talking about this during Live Bet Sunday. And specifically, they asked about the AFC. And I don't really know how much it's going to alter. But I feel like you can look at a team like Baltimore. And again, this is just what I took away. And Baltimore, once again, falling victim to being aggressive. And it doesn't come through for them. And they lose another heartbreaking game. And you even saw Marcus Peters going at it with Harbaugh on the sideline. So everybody could be thinking, oh, no, you know, Baltimore's all over the place. A couple of losses here not seeming to be great. I, I kind of see that as, and maybe I'm just overthinking it, but I feel like it could be a buy-low opportunity on Baltimore. Maybe not right now, but if they lose another game or two coming up soon, uh, I still have a lot of faith in this Ravens team on top of the AFC North, especially with the Browns losing and the Bengals getting off to a slow start. But I feel like people may be like, ah, the Ravens are just looking like the same old Ravens, not coming through in a big spot. But I still think this team looks great, and I still believe they're at the top of the list for offensive yards per play. If not, they're right close to it. Yeah, they're at about like 6.9 is the last I saw for Baltimore's offense. Yeah, you know, I didn't know about that Marcus Peters uh, episode there with Coach Harbaugh, but that immediately makes me think that they are a play on next week on Sunday night football against the Cincinnati Bengals. And I believe it's double revenge as well as Cincinnati swept Baltimore last season. So, you know, when when there's, you know, a player and a coach and, and I think that can just fuel this week's preparation coming up. And obviously there's going to be an onus on finishing games. You know, we saw the Miami Dolphins come back. I mean, the the Ravens are 0-2 at home. And those were both games that they gave away. Uh, This one, they did not score a single point in the second half after they were just hammering Buffalo 20 to three. There's no shame in losing to the Buffalo Bills, but uh, the way it happened for Baltimore, uh, I I think is tough. And and again, that, you know, tempers flaring on the sidelines there. I I think that is uh, more reason to get behind the Baltimore Ravens uh, this coming week against Cincinnati. And and I'm with you. I I still think they're going to win that division. I have a bet on them to win the division. Obviously, this team is very, very talented, and especially the way they play the first half. Um, but uh, I, I think they're going to be fine, and John Harbaugh is a good enough coach. Y- you probably heard his explanation on, on why he went for the touchdown there. I don't think it was such a bad decision. You know, no. the, the problem with the Ravens is their defense. Their, their defense, you know, gives up a lot of yardage, a lot of points, especially in defending the pass. And I think Harbaugh, I mean, it, the weather was tough out there. It, it was tough sledding. And he didn't, I don't think, had complete faith in his defense to put a field goal on the board and then uh, to be able to stop uh, the Buffalo Bills going the other way from scoring a touchdown and winning the game. I, I thought he made the right call. And, and let's remember, and Harbaugh said this, if if Jackson doesn't throw an interception, then Buffalo's on the two-yard line. And, exactly. and that's a lot different from them, you know, bringing the ball out to the 20 because he happened to throw an interception. And 
and, and, you know, it was a very good interception by Poirier. You know, I mean, Lamar almost had his receiver. It wasn't like it was an awful throw or anything. Um, so I, I'm okay with the, the decision. It, it's tough to swallow a loss like that if you're the Ravens, but um, I'm not worried about this team just yet. I'm in agreement with you. I, when we were watching it in real time, I wanted them to go for it because if you're settling for field goals in already a high-scoring game against Josh Allen, chances are they're going to come back against you and score a touchdown to get the win. And you have enough faith in your offense. Again, they're averaging the most yards per play, so you're already all the way down there. Why not trust your guys? I didn't mind the decision either, Brady, and a lot of things could have went differently that, of course, could have uh, impacted the outcome differently between those two. But, yeah, I, I still think Baltimore is a great team to look forward to. Uh, maybe a team that you won't look forward to as much, but could be different in how you assess them. If we see the Steelers team now put out Kenny Pickett as their starting quarterback, that does what for you in terms of what you think of Pittsburgh? You know, I, I mean, I thought the kid uh, provided some spark for the team today. You know, they seemed inspired to see him, you know, rush the ball in for a touchdown, ended up with two rushing touchdowns. Unfortunately, you know, that was offset by a couple of interceptions. I don't really count the last one uh, on the Hail Mary. Um, for me, though, it, it really comes down to Matt Canada, the offensive coordinator and the play calling. And, and maybe he'll have a better marriage with Kenny Pickett uh, because he and Mitchell Trubisky just couldn't get it worked out. Um, I expected the Steelers to win and cover that game today. It looked like you might at least get a push. But, you know, the, I, the big problem, I think, is possibly their run defense. They, they really have a tough time stuffing the run. Uh, and the offensive play calling. Uh, gosh, if they could get those two things worked out, they'd be just fine. But, uh, you know, I'm not so sure Pickett, from what I saw, is uh, necessarily an upgrade or a downgrade. Right now, he's probably about even with Mitchell Trubisky. And, and it feels like the team uh, may be kind of excited to rally around him because they weren't getting anywhere with the other guy. All right, Brady, before we get you out of here, do we got any lasting thoughts here for Monday Night Football for the week ahead of us or any other big takeaways that you had? Well, you, you know, having this conversation, you may end up, uh, you may get me ending up playing the 49ers. Uh, I, I may just sit tight and enjoy, you know, what was a good weekend for me, but I, I definitely think the 49ers are the side here. Uh, you talked about their defense. They are the number one defense in the league as far as pressuring, uh, pressuring the quarterback without blitzing. And conversely... Wow. The Rams, when they don't blitz the quarterback, as far as pressure that they get on the quarterback, they are 31st in the league. So San Francisco should be able to have uh, success against that lack of a pass rush for the Rams. Uh, also, the Niners, interesting, 1-10-1 against the spread in their last 12 games as a division home favorite. But the other side of the coin there, while that trend is obviously not in their favor, they are 11-3 and against the spread the last 14 games in this series with the Rams. They're also 24-10-1 against the spread when they are at home on Monday night. So I, I think there are certainly some things, three out of the four things I mentioned there in the 49ers' favor, and we kind of went over all the other reasons why uh, I, I like them aside from the trends and the stats. 
All righty. That's what we like to hear, Brady. We got your support. Even if you don't get there officially, it gave me enough hope to officially go with San France. You could count me in on the 49ers money line. I know you'll be sweating it out regardless as a fan. So it uh, should be a good one on Monday night. And hopefully we could get some winners for everybody out there. Again, he is Brady Cannon at Las Vegas Golfer, where you could follow him on Twitter. Myself, Danny Burke at Danny Burke 5. And if you want a little bit more action for Monday night, make sure you listen to Prop Watch, also available on VEASAN's profile football betting podcast feed along with coverage for every single game every single week throughout the NFL season. That's going to be a wrap though. Again, best luck with your wagers friends and thank you for tuning in. Take care.